0: Offer a few readings this morning and comment, commentary. Namotasa, bhagavato Arahato Samasam Buddhasa Namotasa, bhagavato Arahato Samasam Buddhasa Namotasa, bhagavato Arahato Samasam Buddham Dhammam Sankham Namasami. This is just a few bits and pieces. The suttas, as you know, are rather repetitive, so doing some cutting sections. This is from Lyudana fourth chapter, first sutta. Trivial thoughts, subtle thoughts, mental jerkings that follow one along. Not understanding these mental thoughts, one runs back and forth with wandering mind But having known these mental thoughts the ardent and mindful one restrains them An awakened one has entirely abandoned them These mental jerkings that follow one along So this is this uh, verse actually A couple of verses and just the kind of point I make is that uh, it comes up quite a lot, is that the word mind here is used the same word to refer to two different Pali words the word mano which is associated with the mental jerkings, trivial thoughts mental thoughts, wandering mind is citta mm-hmm. So if we use the word heart, it gives you an idea of something that's emotive, sensitive, affective, being thrown around by thoughts, impressions that drag it around. Mm. So it helps I think it helps to get a sense of without being too, you know, to involved with meanings of words, get a sense of the difference between manas and chitta. Mm. And because then it gives full credit to what jitta is about, which is much more than just a thought system or knowledge system. It's an emotive, effective uh, experience. That's its power, that's its uh, vulnerability. You inject it with the wrong kind of stuff and it jumps around. <laughs> you soothe it, it becomes steady. Nothing can do you so much good as a well steadied, well directed citta. Nothing can do you so much harm as an ill directed citta. This is a kind very of fun, really fundamental uh, teaching. And to recognize there's something there, partly because the realm of heart is both either trivialized as just uh, emotions and flights of fancy. It's not. Yeah, you know, it's a problem with the word, really. Yeah. Or we just get very heartless. It's got a brutal, or dogmatic, or intellectual, abstract, and driven by willpower, by thoughts telling us we've got to do that, we've got to do that, and losing the quality of sensitivity, respectfulness, ease, <laughs> joy. Heart qualities of faith. You know where, do, where does faith arise? It's not intellectual certainty. It's a sense that one's heart is lifted. Without that, how do we begin? And isn't that something we've got to do repeatedly? Faith is a fragile quality. Yeah. It's like we don't keep feeding it, it; it easily withers and becomes humdrum, routine. So what well, we lose that bright arising of what's meaningful, where's my heart lifted, feel collected, feel protected, and nourished. In fact, this is the this is the fundamental opening of the door, isn't it? And the Buddha first seeing the five disciples after his awakening. Doors of the deathless are open. For those who glisten, bring forth your faith, your willingness, your openness of heart to take in and ask yourself very deeply, what's meaningful, what's bright, what's worthy, am I living up to that? Mm. It's a quality that has to be protected. Mm. It becomes strong enough to repel corrupting influences. Jitta, when it loses its bondage to the thinking mind, it's no longer tethered to it. As we all know, One of the fundamental meditation instructions is just to be able to witness one's thoughts coming and going without, eventually, without even being bothered with them. It's just like chickens (laughs) cackling in the farmyard, and you just... That's what they do. If you don't keep feeding them, they eventually quiet down. You go out there trying to shut them up, they get more excited. They just withdraw you've got a place to withdraw to where your faith rests Buddha, virtue, dignity, loving kindness these are qualities which are not dogmatic they're not ideas, they're heart qualities value rather than law virtue rather than right and wrong qualities you touch with the heart This uh, bondage and the breaking of it is something that's touched upon a couple of, well, many places actually famous uh, image the Buddha uses of the six animals These refer to sight or seeing, uh, hearing, smelling, tasting, tactile impressions and thinking mind, manas. So this is, as we recite, occasionally know cacu-vijnana, rupa-vijnana, uh, kaya-vijnana, uh, the consciousness that's, that's associated with these faculties. And he's pulled. And he says, these are like six animals. And he said, when there's no restraint, Without setting up, mindfulness immersed in the body. Maybe he says with limited mind, but actually the word again here is jitta. So we say with a constricted or limited or a contracted heart. heart's not fully strong and expanded in its full place. We haven't really found it properly. It hasn't come forth. It's not standing. It's still kind of shrunken. And and limited, so doesn't really understand liberation of heart, liberation through wisdom. Having heard a sound with the ear, so on and so on and so on and so on. Having cognized the mental phenomena with the mind, or is intent upon a pleasing mental phenomena. Okay, an idea. Got a great idea world is full of them. Great idea. Great idea. Hmm? Liberty. Great idea. Justice. Great idea. Let's kill somebody for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how many great ideas uh, you'll get excited about, stirred up by and then passioned by and then violence occurs somewhere down the line. So, yeah. this is Buddhism, I got it right. This is really, I got it all right. Okay, here we go, heading for an argument. <laughs> <laughs> heading for somebody who can't live in harmony with people because they've got so many great ideas about Dhamma. Now, yeah, here we go. <laughs> hmm because he hasn't established mindfulness immersed in the body. Suppose a man would catch six animals with different domains and different breeding grounds, ties them with a strong rope, catch a snake, a crocodile, a bird, a dog, a jackal, a monkey, each by a strong rope. Having done so, tie the ropes together with a knot in the middle and release them. Six animals with different domains and different feeding grounds would pull each in the direction of its own feeding ground. Saying, so Snake would think, Let me enter an anthill. A crocodile, I want to enter the water. The bird, let me fly up into the sky. The dog, let me enter a village. Jackal thinking, then me go to a charnel ground. Monkey, maybe into a forest. Now if they're tethered, the animals would come worn out, either dominated by the ones that's the strongest, they would submit to it and come under its control. So When mindfulness is directed into the body, whichever sense base comes out on top will drag the rest of it. Everything goes down that way. And it's a very interesting example in the discourse on I think it's on sons flesh. Son's flesh. (laughs) The flesh of one son. Anyway, you look at that, it's powerful. But somewhere in there he talks about the four kinds of food, and one of them is called Mano-sanjaitana, which is this mental driving, mental thrusting, mental push, stubborn, persistent mental drive. He says, it's just like two strong men grab hold of a weak man and drag him towards a blazing charcoal pit. He said, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> Would he enjoy that? Uh, and yet he struggles, he struggles, he struggles, he can't get out because his manhole has got hold of him. Like too strong and dragging him to a blazing charcoal pit. Yeah. And what's the weak man? Is the undeveloped heart. Jiddha, not strong enough yet? So his thoughts, drives, impressions, visions, notions, opinions, drag him. He doesn't, you know. And the Unawakened person doesn't even really know it's happening. They go right with it. Let me get into that pit. It's good in there, it's nice and warm. It's glowing, it's bright. <laughs> and so this this one is often the dominant that drags the others around. Less by the eye, less by the tongue. Tongue doesn't do much. Meal time, maybe that's about it. That's just one little frolic. <laughs> the mind is going all the time, and it said, "You know, not understanding this, the unsteady heart is dragged around." And so the Buddha is saying, "Well, mindfulness immersed in the body." Is the stake, you tether these bases to this stake, so you can't run out. I mean, which way they point, eventually they get tired and lie down, and that's uh, there's an image there. You know, there's firmness and that sense of the, the stake post driven into the ground. It's a firm image. You know, it's like here we have these, um, we plant trees every year, little saplings, and we want those saplings to grow. The sapling is the most important thing. Yet we we tether it to a stake (laughs) for a few years until it's strong enough to stand up on its own. Then you you can undo it. But in its first year, you tie it to a stake so the wind doesn't blow it over. So animals don't knock it over. Then it's it's got its roots deep in the ground and it can rise up. This is the encouragement of the Buddha. This is how do you develop? Look in the Sutta, Kayagati Sutta 119 of the Majima where he talks about mindfulness immersed in the body. This is not Kaya, kaya Satipatthana. This is Kaya Gati. So it's not just witnessing, being mindful but really deeply going in there. You yeah. know, this image of the mistake. Right at the top of the list, breathing in, breathing out. To the point where one enters into the Kaya Sankara, which is the very fundamental wiring with Jitta. The body activate we feel the impulse for good or for bad. Feel the passion rising. Yeah. Feel yourself spinning, heated, saddened, crushed, overwhelmed, constricted. Yeah. All those are somatic impressions, are they? Not tactile. Nobody's poking you. It's nothing to do with external phenomena. This is the body's the jitter running in the body, and the body registering those impressions of oppression or fear or joy. It's not all bad. Happiness, brightness, the body brightens up, you feel strong. Brutalized, depressed, feel saddened, crushed. Unrestricted jitter, body is bright. Restricted jitter, body is saddened, depleted. Until you get to that point where you're able to enter this domain and begin to steady it. Uh, and the instructions are thoroughly sensitive to the entire body, body's an entirety, what you sense when you try to get follow that instruction. You're not jumping from your ear to your foot, or your wrist to your shoulder, or your chin to your knee the whole thing in a sense of nothing in particular then you get the map begins to come through in a sense of a vibrant pulsing organism It's 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 definitely you can witness the whole thing it's a slightly stepped back vision and something that's scrutinized up close and you're feeling it you're not witnessing it at this moment you're sensing it and receptive and you feel these trembles and shakes and surges and the dull places and the impassioned places and often the tight places people are my experience is people are extremely constricted Yeah, often and they say, well, why is this? because for twenty-five years, for thirty years they've been following the jerkings of manas and it's wound leather straps around the heart it's wound chains around the heart, it's wound a skein of pressurised thoughts, urgent surging needs, uh, compulsive distractions Um, pressurised, got to get it done bys Stubborn willpower, views, and opinions, and it's snared, and all those impressions that you just felt that it's felt that fear, it's felt that pressure of you've got to do this, you must get that done. It's felt that brutality that lies within our cultures, you know, uh, velvet glove over the iron fist of law. Pressure, compulsion, uh, working, got to get things deadline, psychologies, business drives. People burn themselves out. So eventually abandon the chitra altogether. No heart left. You don't want to go there, it's just all drive and sense indulgence. Only you can see this, you know, take a cursory glance at the big names in politics, and you see these are people who you just wonder what kind of heart's there. You know, where they've abandoned it altogether in some cases. It's just all noise, no depth. And how many people are dragged down that route? Without heart, we become. Brutal. But it's still there, but it's a captured heart. And my review of this over many years is just how many people, good people, are in this dilemma. Don't want to follow their thoughts, but what else is there to follow? Because the heart becomes so constricted depressed, anxious, it's got you can't stand up So you say well okay and do this do that it becomes another set of mental imperatives another couple of strong men dragging this poor thing gotta to get to nirvana, drag it along, gotta get concentrated, drag it along, gotta be a good monk, drag it along, <laughs> gotta follow the rules, drag it along can we come from a different place? So, Buddha gives an example this is, in the, this is in the previous one from the 35th book of the Sangita, 117 When I was still a Bodhisattva, not fully enlightened the thought occurred to me in my mind we often strayed towards those five chords of sense pleasure that have already left their impression on the heart but which have passed, ceased and changed or towards those that are present or slightly towards those in the future hmm? and it occurred to me, being set on my own welfare being set on my own welfare I should practice diligence, mindfulness, and guarding of the mind in regard to those five chords of sense pleasure that have already left their impression on the heart which have passed, ceased, and changed. Here again have a slight translation topic, which I can get picky about. When he's talking about mind, he's actually referring to heart. But sometimes he translates it as mind. Sometimes he translates as heart. But guarding of the heart and raka, the citta is guarded, recognizing the vulnerability of this sensitive, affective system. And so this is not accusing it, not locking it up, not blaming it, but looking after it take care for my own welfare this isn't for freedom, justice, liberty, Buddhism this is for me <laughs> you know, it's not for an idea this is not for right and wrong this is for my welfare I mean, it's very pragmatic and and authentic And. Recognizing that they have left their impressions, so even though one is not now following those things, still the impressions remain. Those dents, those tracks, those habits remain. Of past events, when one has followed. Taste, sight, such, sound but primarily, the driving of the thinking mind. And so those those routes are there, we think a different thought now, but with the same tendency to get obsessed with it. Because that route, that habit has been established through following it for many years. Not necessarily even bad thoughts, but just the compulsiveness of it. Hmm. And something even you begins to sense this isn't right. Not this, not it's a bad thought, it's just, here I go again. The same silly twittering. The <laughs> same obsessive, have got to get this done same worry and it's been there for 50 years <laughs> the same pattern's been there I was obsessive about this now I'm obsessive about that and you know we get into this we get into these kind of heavy responsibility patterns because that's what I've been trained in heavy obligation patterns because that's what I've been trained in Heavy fear, blame, insecurity patterns because that's what I've been trained in. Gotta make it, otherwise nobody's gonna look after me. Gotta get it right, otherwise they're gonna blame me. Gotta get this done, otherwise I'll be... What? Mm -hmm. You know? Because the depleted heart doesn't know. It doesn't know its own richness, its own joyfulness, its own love. It's... it's doesn't know it. It's always followed those messages. So they become imprinted. The point when even when you hear messages that say, Oh, let's let's practice mindfulness. I've got to practice mindfulness. No, no, no. Let's just be mindful. Oh, I've got to be mindful. No, no. No. <laughs> no got to. Let's do this for our own welfare. What? Not you've got to get here, no, 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 just recognizing it's really nice when we can live in harmony. Not if you've got to conform to everybody else and be a good boy and be a good girl and turn up on time and tell you right, no, 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 stop that and just think, wouldn't it be lovely to live in harmony with my fellow summoners, looking at each other with the eye of loving kindness? Uh, feeling agreeable, feeling that my little errors will be understood and, oh well, never mind, rather than going to a heavy guilt trip. Yeah. So particularly important when we're living under precepts and systems to defang those as not punishment-blame experiences but encouragement-shaping yeah. for me. For your welfare. This is the Buddha's perspective. While well, he was doing, his training. Therefore, because in your minds too, in your hearts too, when they stray in those directions, you should practice. You're encouraged to practice diligence means wake up hey what's going on that's all it's just excuse me can I just look at that diligence is like when you go through the security check in the airport look sure have a look okay thank you very much sir Come on let's just just pause let's have a look into that mindful bears in mind the welfare of the heart. And we have such a quality that it's important to look after. This is something that gets lost too. Obsessive, burdened heart doesn't think it's got anything worth looking after. Tremendous amount of self-criticism I encounter in in our societies. Worthless, no value. Pessimistic. People have a very accurate or semi-accurate negative impression of themselves. I'm an obsessive compulsive. Oh dear. Is that what it feels like? Mm-hmm. Now, when I hear that, I just feel just touched, and I feel a sense of compassion, because I know, if you're a human being, you have heart and if that's the way it feels I really would like wish for your own welfare that you could look in some of those qualities and abandon them and you could look at the qualities that strengthen the heart rather than those that cripple it and in practice we take precepts not so we yeah, sure it's it's there and yet what's the real meaning of it? Conscience and concern I'm sensitive to to my own heart's welfare I know it can go astray I'm sensitive to the welfare of others I know I might negatively impact them therefore let me live with that Dealing with a very potent system here And with virtue you can't really have virtue without loving kindness it's the flip side of the coin it's not about who's moralizing. It's because the quality of metta karuna for oneself or others is apparent. And dita is apparent. That we have heartfulness, not just law and order, in our virtue. And one should recollect. This is another recollection. Recollect Buddha, well, in it, basically, because it's something that you know—it's right. You can use these images. You know, it's not sort of just the idea in your head. <laughs> You've got a physical image that's very beautiful, calming, soothing. You can look at, take in, and feel the lightness. You know, this one here, I I chose this one because it's a a smiling, happy, sopana, it's got a lightness to it. Mm. And they're always, but they always have dignity, gentleness, peacefulness. What do those qualities mean? You've got something you can look at taking the meaning and then offering. Chanting to. We use chanting because chanting acts as a sound image. You have a visual image, which is good. Sound image, actually you participate, because the breath and the resonance of your own body are forming Buddha qualities. They're forming devotion, they're forming the body of the Buddha when we chant. We're chanting the Buddha's body into into our presence <laughs> or the Buddha's presence, right? or the one perfected in virtue, in knowledge and conduct Sukkantai, the one who is completely accomplished in a fortunate way we are actually resonating those qualities and you feel when you chant, you feel it in your body, it's not just chatting this is a way in fact of bringing those qualities into a somatic presence and you feel It becomes a sound image. And you can use a mantra, no namo buddhaya, short mantra, long mantra. And after a while you train your thinking mind to do that, it doesn't it doesn't jump off because you go back to that. You know, various mantras that are there, or you can even create like three or four words over and over again. You know that? No. Some places we don't do much here, but some places with the Mahayana Monastery, they just do like five-day mantra chanting session. After a while, there's nothing left in your head except those words. Everything else is gone. You've gone through the frustration, the boredom, the impatience, the when is this ever going to stop. And then you she just, just give up. All that's left in your head is just the sound, which is something homage to Amitabha Buddha or something. Well, it's better than thinking a lot of things. <laughs> and then she just just in it. And there's this lovely innocence and purity again. So there you are. There it is. There's every type of sitting in your body. Got it? <laughs> Takes a while to break through the crust of literal, rational thought and wasting my time and that kind of stuff. No, you know. Well then you can also recollect your precepts, why we take them repeatedly. Eventually those words come to mind. Panati Pata. Caring for other beings. Caring for other beings. Caring for the lives of other creatures. You can do, it, don't 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 get it, get it? that it? <laughs> it comes impressed upon your nervous system. So you're replacing those impressions of the heart have been about who gives a damn for other creatures doesn't really matter in the way nasty bug <laughs> who gives so and so other people well he's just an idiot Replace those impressions you see in the media with something else It's my welfare for my welfare I have a heart that does not incline towards harm other creatures. No creature need fear me. No creature need doubt my speech, be poisoned by my speech, be agitated by my speech, be teased, twisted, manipulated by my speech. Take pride in it. You recollect these qualities, and feel that body of virtue is apparent. Mm -hmm. Then you have, Mm -hmm. then you have begun to really bring forth heart. In the sequence of the training, the Buddha is saying, "Well." When you have cleared these discursive thought processes, when you've settled your heart in this way, when you brought forth the heart, when you've settled, then you can apply it to meditation. I don't think this means well through five years. It means every day before you do your focusing on this thing, you've set your heart up and maybe you've got to do that most of the time because there's perhaps quite a lot of impressions to be changed maybe quite a lot, you know, if you go to some monasteries, Tibetan monasteries, they're doing prostrations for five years before they even start doing anything else just to get it in you know, bring the heart forth Because if you start off on the wrong foot, I'm going to get this sorted out. I'm going to focus on do This, this is vanosham never again, mental striving. And it's the wrong vehicle. So we recollect. Or do we recollect virtues, we recollect right view. And definitely there are evil influences. Definitely there are good influences. And recollect the devas, you know, This so again takes us a little bit strange territory, but when you're into the heart, you realize all kinds of subtle energies and forces, dark and bright and alluring, aggravating. Well, maybe that's what they're talking about. Psyche. And, um, know-how, you know, many respected teachers, definitely, uh, uh, no doubt, they're out there there are evil forces and benevolent forces and, you know, many of these forest agiyas they'd set up a whole web of chanting every day, chant a lot of suttas it was like, this is my protection before I go out into those dangerous areas I'm I'm getting my kit together, chanting chanting, resonating, resonating high, strong. Really feeling the protective power of those energies that you evoke. And so there's lots of areas you can go in and develop this high quality. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. When it is ready, then it settles one is ekagata, which means one is resolved, one has got one purpose, one's heart is inclined in one direction, in one place. The place, the heart is placed in place, not dragged out by the animals, in place. And It settles into the body to gain its strength and clear some of these impressions from the body. and then it uses that, steps away, back from the power of the thinking mind To finish off, this is the same Sutta, 117 Guarding the citta in regard to these sense pleasures that have left an impression on the heart Therefore, because that base should be understood Where the eye ceases, perceptions of forms fade out. That base should be understood, where the ear ceases, and perceptions of sounds fade away, and so on. That base should be understood, where manas ceases, and the perceptions of mental ideas and phenomena fades away that base should be understood and what is that base? investigate investigate it's this, the heart has withdrawn it can move out it's appropriate but it's centered in its own place, see sights be not drawn out, you hear sounds, you hear opinions, you're not excited or irritated or it's an opinion. That base should be understood. We need to deeply dwell in this uh, domain of heart, and so it's untethered, freed rich he won.